What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John Toaster and J-Rob here, and we've got your Week 11 recap, Week 12 preview, and you know what? New York's the biggest media market in the U.S. Um, this may not be the biggest story in the NFL, but it certainly feels like it, and I think it's appropriate for us to talk about. So I'm going to lead off the show with my number one takeaway from Week 11, and that is... Zach Wilson. Um, for anyone that did not watch the game, it was a barn burner. It was uh, Pat's Jets 3-3 three to three, all the way into the final minute of the game, and the Patriots return uh, a touchdown or a punt for a touchdown to win the game. Zach Wilson was abysmal in this one. He ended up, what, 8 of 21? For- 9 of 22. Nine of twenty-two is that what it was? For seventy-seven yards, yeah, two net yards for the Jets offense in the second half. Okay, Um, he was three point six yards per attempt, um, which you don't need a math degree to know is pretty fucking bad. And just the highlights from that, or lowlights, if you will, (laughs) from that game, um, just missing wide open layup throws and just looked so uncomfortable. A couple dropped interceptions by the Patriots. He ended up with no um, turnovers in this game, but he, I mean, besides, just, but he did hit Devin McCourty right in the chest <laughs> with four minutes left in the second half on an overthrow yeah. over the middle. Like it was one where McCourty's like, maybe I do need to retire if I can't catch that. He, <laughs> it was, it was a pretty abysmal performance. You texted me, asked him like, Hey, is he doing okay? And this is what I have to say is that that was actually the best he's ever played against the Patriots because he didn't throw three interceptions, well to be fair. but he was, he was throwing passes into the grounds. He was over. I mean, he was throwing passes into the flats that landed in the fucking stands. It was like, he was just not on the same page with any of his receivers. It was abysmal is a word and it's probably not strong enough for how he played. Well, and his, his track record to this point, Obviously not good. Like when you look at the uh, five first rounders and we can take, you know, Trey Lance out of it, but the the four other first rounders, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, um, you know, all of them have struggled to some degree, but Wilson's play has probably been consistently the worst of all of them. But when you look at certain indicators and, you know, I think one thing that PFF does do a good job of with their grading and, you know, all the stats that they take is that they understand which indicators are uh, maybe more predictive of future success. Um, and Zach Wilson's been decent, you know, not not elite, <laughs> but decent. Um from a clean pocket, which is generally a good future indicator because um Aside from a couple guys who are like kind of aliens to some degree, um, performance under pressure is v- like it varies. It's um, you can't necessarily count on that as a consistent thing year after year. But generally, you would assume that guys that are good from a clean pocket will continue to be good from a clean pocket and then also improve if they're they are particularly bad for a given time period against pressure. But he is like. I mean, just a passer rating of like six against pressure. And I'm not exaggerating that. Like it is legitimately that low. And, you know, there's some that play from a clean pocket has been like hope for Jets fans, right? That maybe, okay, maybe this just needs a little bit more time. Maybe just needs to cook a little bit longer, whatever. But the problem that they're running into now is they have a win now team. They have a win now defense. They spent a lot of money this offseason and, you know, they don't have the best supporting cast, but they have a pretty damn good supporting cast, all things considered. And I know they've had injuries on the offensive line and that's led to some issues from a pressure standpoint. But there is just nothing about his play that has elevated any level of the, the team around him and and, it, you know, this is maybe my first com- or question to you guys here, but. You know, is it worse? Is the play on the field worse or is it what you're seeing from him as a leader, as the quarterback of that team? Because after this game, he gets asked, you know, in a game that they scored three points offensively and lost, 
Um, do you feel like you're not holding up your end of the bargain? You know, did you let the defense down? Yeah. Did you let the defense down? And he deadpan said, no. And and didn't elaborate. Yeah. He didn't look like he was joking either or like believed anything less than that. It wasn't just no, it was no, no, like dismissive almost of the fact that he could be doing that. Which, you know, in some instances, that's, you know, quarterbacks get asked that question and it maybe isn't appropriate or isn't, you know, the truth or, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a reporter trying to dig something out and, you know, maybe take advantage of a bad situation, get a soundbite. But like, regardless, any fucking quarterback that is worth a shit in the NFL, any, I'm going to take it one step farther. Any NFL player player, now say what you're going to say. Yes. will fall on that sword and absolutely say yes. And whether they believe it or not, saying that in that moment matters as a leader. You are the fucking quarterback. Okay. The fact that he could not admit to playing like shit in this game. When you played like shit. (laughs) Clearly his own coach used the words dog shit. Okay. Like Robert Sala said, our offense was dog shit. And then you have guys like Garrett Wilson after the game talking about how people need to be held accountable and people need, you know, X, Y, Z. Like it is really, really bad. And to the point where we're recording this on Monday, um, Robert Sala has is non-committal as to who the starting quarterback will be this week against the Bears. I still think it does end up being Wilson. Ultimately, I think this is kind of a message from Sala, but it, especially because they are playing the Bears. So if you are going to have a get right opportunity for Zach Wilson, it will be at home against one of the worst defenses in the NFL that does not get pressure on anybody. But the Jets have a legitimate issue here, right? Like they they need to make a choice. Are we trying to win now, which they should, because almost, you know, history tells you that if you have a, an opportunity to win in the NFL, you need to take advantage of it. Um, nothing is, you know, guaranteed tomorrow, right? Or are they going to commit to Zach Wilson and ride this thing out like, you know, sink or swim? Because they're not going to ride it very far. I don't, I agree. I agree with you, but that's a tough issue for them now, right? Like what, what do you do if you're the Jets? Because if you commit to, if you bench Wilson, right. And you go to Joe Flacco, that's over. It's done based on what we've seen from this kid mentally and you know, whatever. I think it is done. So he doesn't come back from this. So you are basically saying now you, at least in my mind, that you are committed to winning now, you feel like you should, and I think they should to some degree, but now you need to make a serious quarterback move in the offseason, if that's the case, and your options aren't great. So, yeah, I, I guess, like, where do you guys stand on the situation for them as they move forward at that position right now? Because it, this is about as bad as it gets for a team that is, like, in playoff contention, frankly. So it's an interesting situation to me because he does have the leadership material to lead that that locker room because of what he did to his friend's mom or his mom's friend earlier. Like everybody was behind him, and then now he just like now that it comes down to the fucking nuts and bolts of it, he's just he's just lost. The only thing that I have for him right now is that they play the Bears next week, and they may play the Bears without uh, uh, Justin Fields and at least give him one to get confidence. Because I, I, if they bench him against the Bears, I agree that you're, that he's done. If they bench him after a poor showing against the Vikings a week later, I think that they can spin it and say, hey, guess what? We've got, we've got the Bills, Lions, Jags after this. We need to get Flacco there. We can get into the playoffs. Flacco has that experience. You're still just, you know, not quite there yet mentally to lead the team and they can take another shot at it next year. But if they bench him against the Bears, he's done. Um, he, the self awareness is just absolutely abysmal. 
And you can't have that in this league at that position where you are the leader of not even just 53 men. You're the leader of 65. Like you got the practice squad and get everybody there. Quite frankly, if anyone's watching in season hard knocks right now, um, Colt McCoy is a leader of that team. Kyler Murray is not a leader of that team. And that's where Zach Wilson is right now is that he's the most talented person on that team or he's, a very talented person at one of the most important positions, but he's not a leader and he needs to quite, I don't know how you come back from that, but something needs to happen this week to say, guess what? I took some time, did some reflection and no, yeah, I completely, I completely let the team down and I need to do better or else we're going to, the team's not going to do better. Um, But he's all these kids just get so much handed to them early on in life that they just, there's, you know, ambivalent to any fault that they may have. And he needs to see that because he couldn't even make a fucking one yard pass to the flats. And um, as we were going through those stat discrepancies, um, you had him as uh, eight for 21 for 76 yards and NFL.com has him as nine of 22 for 77 yards. I'm like, Oh yeah. That's because he threw one that they were like, is this a run or is this a pass? They can't tell because they're not throwing it fucking downfield. <laughs> I mean, say what you guys want. Second half, they averaged two point like seven inches per play. You ask a lot of guys, that's above average. So I, I don't really see the issue here with their offense that they're running. Um, jokes aside, I think that he one hundred percent shot himself in the foot. Like you were gifted the layup of all layup questions when you have to be held accountable for a bad performance, whether it's your fault or not. Even yeah. if you say. I don't want to make a comment. That's something we talk about in the locker room. That is 1000 times better than just straight up saying, no, fuck my team. Like fuck all them. We didn't do anything wrong. And two yards of offense in the second half. Yes. There's a problem with the offense. Yeah. And then apparently like in the locker room, there was still a lot of like back and forth and him still not taking account. And one thing that I'm learning quickly with the Broncos situation is if you lose the locker room, it doesn't fucking matter how talented you are. People have to go, shit has to get changed. And if someone thinks you're the bad apple in the bunch, which he's showing he doesn't wanna have a good attitude, he doesn't wanna be a leader, and he's not performing to make up for that lack of accountability, that he might be the one gone. I wouldn't take a risk on him. Like, why would you when he's not willing to take accountability and it's a 53 man roster and he's at the most important position? that needs to be that leader that needs to wear those, like wear that weight. You're in New York, dude. Like, what did you expect? So I think he shot himself in the foot. I don't think his performance is really going to change that. Not that I think he's going to get better anyways, but yeah, I don't think he's going to be a jet after year five. They might exercise the option just to keep it going to figure out until something better comes out, but I wouldn't extend him. Well, he, need, he needs to make some serious strides if that's even a consideration because, I mean, I, you look in, uh, listen to anybody that knows quarterbacks, that scouts quarterbacks, that studies quarterback play, and the most concerning thing from a play standpoint with him is that he hasn't gotten better. In fact, he's regressed in a lot of areas, and... You know, whether it's his technique just being loose, whether it's his decision making, you know, it's just and we see this happen, right? Like, again, quarterback is the hardest fucking position to play in all sports is the hardest position to be good at to be great at. So, you know, this isn't a knock on him as like an athlete by any means or whatever, but like you you need to be able to handle that pressure. It is a lot of fucking pressure, especially in New York and especially on a team that's good, right? It's different when the team's bad and, you know, you don't have to necessarily like wear the the brunt of the failure for the team week to week. But when you aren't performing, when the team around you is for the most part and then you can't do the easy things like you said josh and just like accept the responsibility you gotta lay up fucking question all you gotta say is yes yeah all you have to say this is press conference 101 
as yeah. the quarterback of an NFL football team, you get too much credit and you get too much blame. But guess what? You're never the one talking about your credit. Anytime you get a question from the media, it's the team did this, God in his glory, whatever you want to do. But it has zero to do with you, right? You're just like, hey, I, yeah, the offense played well, but guess what? The defense stepped up. Hey, the special special teams ran back an 85-yard fucking touchdown. And got us fucking game. No, um, but like <laughs> if you are completely to blame any situation you get asked about that, and you are never the reason for winning. And that is like Keith Brady comes on after the game winning touchdown drive, whatever it was two weeks ago. And um, he's like, that was awesome. Right. But he wasn't saying I was awesome. He's just saying that was awesome. That's what yeah. the team needed. We all came together. We rallied. We got this done. It was like, was it Brady? Yeah, probably nobody else could do that. But it wasn't Brady just like, hey, pound my chest right here. And it, when they lose, it's like, yep, I've got to do better. I'm missing okay. these throws. These are layups. Um, you know, uh, uh, Rogers did it on Thursday, right? I fluttered some balls, you know, the thumb felt like fine when it was, you know, when I went into it, but I didn't hit the things I needed to. And for Russell or, uh, Wilson, uh, sorry, both Wilsons are in the doghouse right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) was just like to not even acknowledge that he had any part in this is, uh, quite frankly, it's concerning. Like it's sociopathic in, in a way. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what ends up happening. Um, well, we will talk about the Bears and the Jets later because obviously I pick the Bears game every week. Um, but I I would be shocked if Wilson doesn't play. Um, but if for some reason he doesn't, uh, that will tell you a lot about how Robert Sala and that locker room feels about him beyond just the comments that he made right do you think um, do you think Saul is saying this because he's feeling his job might be in jeopardy because of how this is going like do you think this is him I don't trying think to so leverage his own position with the way he has that defense playing his deep his job's not in jeopardy okay I wasn't yeah. I didn't think so but I wasn't sure if he was trying to manipulate some perception now that things are getting a little dicey no and I think Sala wouldn't be the type of person either which you know speaks even more to like why he's fucking pissed at zach wilson but isn't the type of person that would be trying to leverage zach wilson's failures as a way to like maintain his job okay yeah i didn't think so. like i think Paul would fall on the sword if given the opportunity right to say like i'm not doing enough i'm whatever i think zach's discrepancy was so public and so egregious that Saul is put in a position where he kind of has to like be the tough guy here. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any way, right. That you, after what Zach said and after his play, I mean, Joe Flacco's played three games to Zach Wilson seven and has more touchdown passes still. So like you, from Saul's standpoint, I think he had to say today that he was noncommittal about it. What I would be really interested to know, and we will never know this, but is Saul having conversations with the vets on the team, with the captains on that team? What are they saying to him? And that's that's the crazy part, though. This team is young. Like they've got a window here where they can be successful for a long ass time. They've drafted well. That defense is fierce, and it, they just need the offense to get out of the way. I mean, you've got Garrett Wilson who is a stud and he's can't be utilized if you can't get him the ball. So mm-hmm. I just, uh, you would not expect a coach to be noncommittal on the starting quarterback on a team that's six and four, that's taken down both the dolphins and the bills this season. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, all things considered, it's like you, you lose a somewhat fluky game to the Patriots, or at least the way you lost was a little fluky. And I think you could spin it as we are fine. We need to just like settle down here, right? If, if exactly. They've lost, drive. <laughs> they've lost two games to the Patriots, and the Patriots have scored one offensive touchdown. <laughs> That's, so That's pretty impressive, honestly. <laughs> it is. It really is. And guess what? That one offensive touchdown was when they got the ball on a special teams fumble, I believe it was, at the four-yard line. <laughs> yeah. Not even Not, that Patricia can fuck that up. Nope. Mm-mm. All right. Um, boy. 
Tough, tough, tough look for Zach Wilson and the Jets. Um, oh, one quick fun little stat about Zach Wilson before we move on. Um, yeah. In a little guess the comparison, this is a former NFL quarterback. Uh, the stats are going to be pretty much exactly the same, so I won't go both sides. I'll just go what the general equal stats are. Uh, first 20 career starts, Zach Wilson and mystery player. 70.7 rating, 13 uh, touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 55% completion rate, six yards per attempt. Zach Wilson's eight and 12. This mystery quarterback, six and 14. Who is his comp? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Josh Rosen. That would be probably better than what this is. Oh no! It, it's it's an iconic. Uh. It's not Jamarcus Russell. It's Jamarcus Russell. He okay. is on par. The, yeah, the only difference is he has two more wins than Jamarcus Russell. The rest of those stats are plus or minus a tenth of a point, one touchdown, and five-tenths of a percentage on the completion percentage. Everything cool. else is exactly the same. Damn. Wow. <laughs> Not good to be in the same conversation as Jamarcus Russell when it comes to your play. Um, and I know first 20 draft. games is tough because, like, you'd be like, well, look at Josh Allen's first year and a half in the NFL. But yeah, like, you never want to be comped with Jamarcus Russell no. at any point Definitely in your career. Not. Well, and I was going to say, like, it's not as bad just because Jamarcus went number one overall, I believe, right? Versus yeah. uh, him going number two overall. But then you look at what the QB <laughs> draft. You look at what the QB draft class was around him, right? With Lance and Fields and, I mean, Mac Jones is falling on the fucking cliff right now. But, um, you know, the uh, the opportunity loss there versus what they had with Jamarcus. Um, oof. That's is, rough. Quick question. Is Mac, for you, an injury concern? Like, he's just still dealing with the ankle? Or are you wondering if it's zappy time, like, permanently? See, that's the problem is he, uh, we'll get into that. Let's get into that when we get into the Vikings. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think it's injury based. Okay. All right. Um, unless anyone, does anyone have any like other major standouts from this week that they want to touch on? Otherwise, um, I think we can get into the preview. Uh, I do have one question and then one just like funny observation. Uh, the funny observation, the Vikings are the only eight and two team to have a negative point differential. Uh, they're <laughs> currently minus two. So they either win by single digits or get their backs blown out in losses. So that, <laughs> that one's hilarious to me. Um, but my overarching question is the Colts only lost by one with a very well put together drive by the Eagles at the end. Otherwise that would be a, a pretty surprising loss to, from the Eagles are the Colts now a team you need to really worry about with them playing two back-to-back really good games on, even if the coaching, even if Saturday is not coaching well, do you feel like that team is just playing different because they have something to play for now? I don't think it's that they have something to play for. It's think that it's a, it was a fucking good team that was just couldn't find their way out of a paper bag before. And now I, I think there's two aspects to it. I think Saturday's a, a dude that finds a way to pump you up. But secondly, they've got nothing to lose anymore, right? Like their season's lost. So might as well just, you know, play when you play with, when you play free, you play smart. It's kind of like how I always say the pro bowl, they're actually probably more likely to get injured than they would be if they just went full bore because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to, you know, go 80%. It's like, well, 80, when I, you're going 80%, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, right? So I might end up going for your knees or your ankles or something. If we're going 100%, then I know exactly where you're going to be, what you should be doing. Um, and I think that just taking that burden off the Colts has freed them up to play to play free um, in Gilmore is not lost anymore. Like, I, there were a couple seasons there where I thought he was – a flash in the past and he's he's playing lights out right now yeah i think the biggest thing for me with them is their the defense is solid right like they, they have good players um you know i think gus bradley has done a decent job all things considered like coming in changing the scheme and everything with that defense and offensively like i know it's been a rough go for them to some degree but I don't think Matt Ryan's been as bad as the perception of his play has been. Jonathan Taylor is still a thing, 
right? Like, and they still have some talent on the outside. Like, I think there's Campbell's playing well. Pittman's, uh, yeah, Pittman's definitely a legit wide receiver one. So yeah, they've got they've got talent on that team. Yeah, I think they they maybe underperformed a little bit, and some of that was maybe coaching. Some of that was maybe circumstance of adjusting to the. You know, the struggles that they had um, offensively, like I don't think they went into the season thinking that their offensive line was going to be a problem. Right. And when that was a problem, it was like, well, fuck, what do we do? And Matt Ryan obviously has struggled when he's been under pressure. But I think you shore up some of those things. You start to figure yourself out a little bit. I do think it firing Frank Reich was like really premature. Uh, but maybe it was necessary to get things back on track to some degree. I don't think this team is necessarily a, you know, playoff contender. But I, yeah, I think there's the bones were there. They're still good enough to where they're going to be competitive most weeks. Um, the Eagles, I think, are st- are in a bit of a lull um, themselves. You know, which is natural. Like you know, <laughs> they fucking went whatever. Uh, eight and zero, and then you know had a letdown last week, and then whatever. So I, you know, I don't necessarily think this is the Colts coming in and actually like competing with a nine and one team, but like, um, you know, they're they're a solid team. They're gonna be competitive, um, and yeah, I mean, I guess ultimately good for Jeff Saturday, <laughs> I guess, um, but I I don't know how sustainable yeah. necessarily this. They've is. got three winnable games left on the schedule, which is enough to give Saturday Saturday the job moving forward. Um, but they have Vikings, Cowboys, and Chargers also. Um, and with the AFC East still every team two games above five hundred, it's going to be tough for them to be a legitimate contender. So um, it's a good story, but they're they're not going to be able to, to close this out. But before um, the Chargers game, they were, I mean, they were in the eighth spot right there. Um, so it looks closer than it is, but four, six, and one, they're not going to be able to do enough to get there. Um, my takeaway was also the Vikings because somebody, some asshole picked them to cover plus one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that wasn't, that was not ideal. That would be the worst um, point differential against the spread that any of us have had this year. And that's coming from somebody who's like at 35%. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. So we can, we can take that one, um, on the chin and then we'll talk about it when we get to the, the prime time parlay picks. Um, LA Casey fucking fun. That's, I mean, just, uh, yeah. don't want to gloss over that one. Um, and then, uh, what the fuck happened to Baltimore to only put up. 13 against Carolina and it was I'm pretty sure zero zero half if it wasn't it was three nothing Baltimore um so I don't know if that was a let-up game or what but uh Lamar did not look like somebody that should be being paid 45 million a year uh, I guess that I disagree but only because like that team that offense right now is awful and they are they've definitely have some issues that they need to iron out but like i don't think this is a reflection of lamar by any means i mean their number one run or receiver is demarcus robinson who was the number four receiver on the chiefs last year you know rashad bateman getting hurt really screwed them mark andrews you know is is banged up um, and obviously, like from a running game standpoint, they couldn't get anything going. I, I don't think this is reflective of Lamar as much as it is their offensive structure. And Greg Roman, I don't think is doing a very good job um, making adjustments right now for that offense. But yeah, they're they got to figure some shit out because they're a contending team that looks like, you know, they get into the playoffs and they could get boat raced by somebody for sure. Um, all right. You guys want to get to the preview? Preview. We got a lot of games to cover here. Um, we'll start off with uh, Thanksgiving slate. So the way we're going to do this is each of us will make a pick on the three games. Um, we will still do our Sunday night, Monday night, and then bonus picks. But um, starting off Thanksgiving, the Bills nine point favorites against the Detroit lions who are on a three game win streak. Um, restore the war in the NFC North in the NFC North in the NFC North. Um, restore the roar. 
Um, this one to me is interesting. So it's it, Bills are nine point favorites, right? Like you would probably consider that to be a fair line for the Bills playing the Lions. Um, the Lions have been playing well, and the Bills have not. So you know <laughs> that that sort of puts you in a position where you're looking at this line and you're like, well, um, this might be a normal line. Should that be the line this week? Um, for me, I'm going to say yes. Uh, <laughs> the Lions, <laughs> even though they're at home, um, you know, the, the Bills are also at home. <laughs> yeah, did they never leave? They never left <laughs> Detroit, right? They just stayed there from last week's game. Did they? Is that yeah, what they, they yeah, they said, fuck your carnival. This is our stadium now. Play the home game against the Browns. And then, yeah, four days later, there's no reason for them to go home to the, you know, that shithole Buffalo. Anyways, um, <laughs> or they're staying in that shithole Detroit. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, Buffalo's used to it. They, they played there once already this year. The only team, probably, I would say that that's a pretty safe bet to play two games in the same stadium um that is not theirs not their home stadium yeah it's probably true um but this one to me feels like you know the lions are maybe riding a high um it's it's a short week um buffalo is still you know without doubt the better team here and josh allen struggled a little bit i think some positive regression to the mean for buffalo is all it takes even just a slight regression to the mean to make this a fucking blowout. So um, <laughs> obviously take it for what it's worth. I've been awful with my picks this year, but I think Buffalo stays in Detroit. I was going to say goes to Detroit, <laughs> stays in Detroit <laughs> and just gives it to the lions on Thanksgiving. And like the lions, you know, Credit to them, credit to Dan Campbell for like getting a little thing going here. But um, I feel like it's the door's about to slam on them hard facing the Bills. So I'm taking the Bills minus nine in this one. Yeah, there's two things. Uh, Josh Allen was limited today in practice. Um, and there might be a little Irish whiskey, Jamison Williams coming back for this game. And I would still take the Lions at, or I'd still take the Bills. Minus nine points on this. Um, I think that they they realize they need to get their shit figured out, and there's nothing better than Detroit Lions to get your shit figured out. Huh? Yeah, yeah I agree. for sure. I don't know if Jameson Williams. I mean, I know he got activated today. His win- yeah, his window's open. I doubt he plays. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, there's no reason to bring him back on this short week. Um, take get him in practice, and then you get ten days after you know your shit stomping by the Bills um, to figure out. Uh, what he needs to do for next the week after that for sure all right j rob you are going to take the giants and cowboys game here the cowboys are nine point favorites where are you leaning with this one uh i was initially torn because it's a division game getting more like giants are getting plus nine more than a touchdown but they did just get absolutely embarrassed by the lions and i don't feel that great with them i think they're talent or rather their record and talent are finally kind of evening out a little bit. And I think Dallas is trending in the right direction, especially with the way they're using Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard has looked like a X factor for that offense, opening up the flats, opening up areas for other receivers to just eat because it's just another body you have to worry about that. You've had dude a $95 million contract <laughs> <laughs> and watch it be worthless in like two and a half years. That'd be the Jerry Jones special. Um, yeah, so I'm going to take Dallas minus nine. I'm not that jazzed about that number, but with the way Micah Parsons can get to the quarterback and the way that defense is looking and the offense is clicking and the Giants having a very questionable, arguably like borderline blowout against the Lions at home, I'll take, I'll take Cowboys at home on a short week on Thanksgiving Day, America's team doing America's holiday, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys by nine. All right. <laughs> And then, Toaster, you you want to tack on to that one? Did that make you squirm a no, little bit? No, <laughs> I, I no, I'm with you because I'm just because you guys both had minus nine spreads, and I thought that those were fucking easy compared to what I have to do next. So, 
All right. So, Coaster, you've got the the night game on Thanksgiving. The Patriots at the Vikings. The Vikings are three point favorites in this one. Um, coming off a loss, Patriots coming so, off an unimpressive that, yeah. win. Where are you going? That, da- that Dallas loss was the worst thing that could have happened to me because I do think that the Patriots can match up well against the Vikings. But if the Vikings had beat Dallas, this line would have been six, six and a half, seven easily. Um, I will actually be at this game so I can tell you in person how pitiful it is when I lose this bet. But I'm <laughs> going to go with the Patriots and the points. What Dallas was able to do against Kirky Cousins, um, I think Bill Belichick can find enough tape to figure this out. They, I don't think that the Patriots have the same speed that Dallas does on defense. Michael Parsons is a freaking beast. And by the way, he has a knee and ankle injury. If that changes anyone's uh, pick on minus nine um, out there in, in pod land. But uh, I think that they can find a way to confuse cousins enough. And the way they haven't been able to use Dalvin cook effectively. Um, yes. He put up stats against the bills. He had a what 60, 70 yard run yeah, in like close run. to the end of the game. Yeah, that that changed things up there. So I think that they, the Vikings are reeling a little bit more than they than they think um, or than it appears. Um, they always play close games. Bill Belichick thrives for close games, and the reason I picked the Vikings the week before was because I thought that Kevin O'Connell was a better coach than Mike McCarthy. I don't think coaching had shit to do with that game. Um, once you were down twenty-one nothing um, as quickly as they were. Uh, but I think that the Viking or the Patriots can get to Kirk Cousins, give him some pressure. Is this a primetime game? Who knows? But uh, obviously, Kirky has his struggles there um, in the national spotlight. And then to circle back to Josh's question, uh, Mac Jones has been straight up dreadful, quite frankly. Um, they've they've figured it out a little bit better. It's starting to look more uh, Bailey Zappiish, uh, but. He he needs time in the pocket. He's not athletic enough to move around. Like uh, people give Brady shit for not being athletic, but Brady was shifty, right? Like oh, yeah. he didn't need to make sudden explosive movements or run around. You know, do the the one eighty uh, pirouette and throw someone off. Those Mac Jones just can't move. So good, yeah. Yeah, Mac Jones just can't do that in the pocket, and uh, he took what six sacks against the the Jets. It looked bad. He's only pressured and, ten times, and he took six sacks. That is an insane rate. And yeah, and it, his stat line looks great, and that's why if you're just a Monday morning quarterback that looks at the stats, he was what twenty three of twenty seven or two hundred forty six yards, nine point one yards per attempt. It looks reasonable, right? But. You, you look at the underlying stuff, and it, it to me, as somebody that didn't watch every snap of that game, it looks weird because you go, he completed 85% of his passes for 9.1 yards per attempt, but his average depth of target was 4.6, and he took six sacks on 10 pressures. That is, that is a weird-ass line, and that is the only way that you complete 85% of your passes on nine plus yards per attempt and score zero touchdowns. <laughs> like, yeah. Just so, so strange. I'm, I mean, if you go, if you're looking at Mac Jones over the season, it's Mac Jones is ranked 37th. Taylor Heineke is ranked 38th and Zach Wilson is ranked 39th. And if you wow. go with uh 20% minimum dropbacks, like he has, regressed dreadfully and that's what scares me on this um as far as the patriots being able to put up points against the vikings but uh they obviously just got curb stamped by dallas they don't have the time to figure that out um on defense and i i don't know that kirk cousins is going to quote unquote be seeing ghosts right now but I think that that's a short turnaround for him to go up against the bill belichick defense and then last note here um Everyone shits on Bill Belichick's draft classes, and I'm included in that. Why the fuck would you take a third-round, basically, special teamer in Marcus uh, Jones, and he runs a fucking touchdown? Oh, uh, and Jones back. scored a touchdown <laughs> yeah. on the day for the Patriots. There you go. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, so I'm taking as much as it sucks, and um, I, I have an even worse record than uh, John does 
betting on my team, but I'm taking them plus three. All right. All right. I like it. All right. Moving on to Sunday night. Um, let's get through these last few games quickly here. The Packers at the Eagles. The Eagles are seven-point favorites. Obviously, we talked about coming off a less-than-impressive win against the Colts. Um, the Packers come back to earth a little bit. Um, but where are you leaning on this one, Toaster? I I know, like, you're not necessarily... Like, you, you liked the Eagles. I feel like you had, like... Uh, well, to be fair, all of us have a little bit. We liked the Eagles, and then maybe as soon as they started getting good, we're like, okay, yeah, let's get on the fucking bandwagon. But, you know, they've they've been less than impressive over the last two weeks, and giving seven points to Aaron Rodgers um, seems a little crazy. But do you think that they are going to cover? I don't think the Eagles cover. I think I'm giving this one to the Packers, um, and it's less to do with the fact that the Packers are a better team or getting figuring themselves out, because I, I truly don't think they are, even with uh, Watson scoring once again um, or twice again, I believe. Um, I don't think that they're figuring things out. One of those was on a broken play. Where I'm going with this is the Packers had 10 days to prepare for this. The Eagles are coming off of a game that I thought would be tough for them against the Colts. And it took a Herculean effort from Jalen Hurts to even pull that one out. And so um, not put, saying the Packers can ultimately win this, but Packers playing for their season. Aaron Rodgers might be playing for his Hall of Fame career. If they don't win these next two games and they're essentially eliminated from playoff contention going into their, their bye, why aren't you playing Jordan Love after that? There's zero reason, right? You're, I, I get that um, Rodgers may be your quarterback next year. That. <laughs> so I think those are the, and those are things that I think that the the Packers need to they need to figure it out for um, the game against the Eagles, and then they've got a game against the Bears before they go into their bye. And if they lose one of the even just one of those games, Rodgers' Hall of Fame career may be injured reserve and then just never show up again. So I'm giving Rogers the benefit of the doubt here that he'll try to re revive his hall of fame career um, and play the Eagles tight. All right. J-Rob putting, putting his hall of fame resume on a week 12 game. Spicy. <laughs> I like it. Um, I'm going to take the Packers plus seven as well. I think it has more to do with, the Eagles injuries than what the Packers are really doing as a whole, giving Rogers like toaster said, a touchdown is really nice. I will never turn my nose to Rogers getting a touchdown. Um, yeah. But AJ Brown was dinged up. And when he wasn't in the game, you saw that that offense wasn't quite churning as much as we're used to. Uh, I think the Dallas Goddard injury is a bigger blow than people probably want to realize or think it might affect them but like he was a big asset in that offense run blocking and pass like and getting out there for passes um i do think the eagles win this game by like maybe like four but i like the packers covering plus seven all right uh i'm going to do you guys a favor and i'm going to take the eagles there you um go. <laughs> i i agree with you i think like losing goddard is huge for that offense um, I think we're starting to see teams figure out how they need to contain some of these um, offenses that rely on, you know, th these design quarterback runs and, and everything. And it hurts to me, like is going to need to add another element here, right? If they're going to take another step. Um, I don't necessarily know if that happens this week, but I do have confidence that, you know, let's say we've we'll give them two bad weeks in a row here, despite the fact that they won this last week. <laughs> I, I think they're a really good team still. And I think having three bad weeks in a row is probably not going to happen for them. And the seven number is scary. Um, and I'm I'm totally with you. I could see this being like. An Eagles win by four, but it was like a pretty like convincing win. You know what I mean? Packers score late or something. Yeah. Uh, so I don't love giving up seven, but I'm going to go with a team that I just think 
is going to win. They're the better team, and I think they rebound a little bit, and maybe that creeps its way up to seven points in that um, point differential for the final score. So I will take the Eagles minus seven. Uh, Rodgers is 20 and 11 on Sunday Night Football. Very different team than he's used to having, but Aaron Rodgers is 20 and 11 in his career on Sunday Night Football. I think a lot of that is boosted by the fact that I they play the Bears. I was going to say, hand <laughs> up. I don't know the exact numbers, but I think they've played the Bears like at least five times on Sunday Night Football in Rodgers' career. So and the Lions, you know. and when the Vikings have been sucking ass, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that means nothing to me. Um, <laughs> if they were playing the Bears, I would be with you. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, Monday night, um, the Steelers are at the Colts. Uh, team we talked about a little bit already this episode. Colts are three-point favorites in this one. I'm a little surprised by that. Um, I think, you know, uh, all things considered, we talked about, you know, how their defense is, is solid and, you know, Matt Ryan hasn't been as bad as people necessarily thought and all this stuff. I still don't think that they are a team that's, like, figured it out again, right? Like, they're still reeling a little bit, and they've, they've you know, maybe got some buckets now to like get some of the water out of the boat, but I don't think they patched the holes by any means. And the Steelers have their own issues, no doubt. But I think Kenny Pickett has been playing better. Um I don't know if the like numbers bear that out necessarily. They but do, they I do not. Yeah, but um <laughs> I have I have liked some of the things that I've seen from him a little bit more. And Najee Harris finally had like a Najee Harris play this week. You were like, oh shit, yeah, that's why you draft that guy in the first round, I guess. He huh? still doesn't have a 20 yard run, I'm pretty sure, but that's yeah, because that's 19. Was only 19 yards. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think the Steelers are solid enough. I think the Colts are still in enough disarray that Mike Tomlin with an extra day here is going to at least cover the spread. Um, you know, Colts might win on a last second kick or something. I could, you know, see that happening. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Steelers here, the team that I think is more stable despite all of their flaws. And um the Steelers on Monday night plus three. I'm taking the points. Oster, where are you going? You're up, where are you at? Oh. Um I'm I'm going against you again. Um <laughs> I I short move. I thought the Colts were a team to be reckoned with to start the season. Um, I'm not going to say Matt Ryan was the answer, but I thought Matt Ryan could be a reasonable plug and play to get them at least over the hump to where they were last year, right? They were playoff contenders. They lost to the Jaguars week 18. Um, first team to ever lose week 18 um, to, to lose um, the seventh playoff seed. I'm pretty confident in all of those stats right there. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's plus three, or it's minus three for the Colts. Uh, they're at home. They just played the Eagles well. I, I do think that Pittsburgh's D is on an entirely different level. TJ Watt being back is just freaking fun to watch. Why did why do these Watt kids just have to keep getting hurt? And we can't just enjoy 17 games each and every season from both of them. Um, but take it to me, like you said, you think he's getting better. And I, I don't disagree with that. The numbers don't bear out that he is the guy, uh, three touchdowns, eight interceptions. They had, I think there were 18 since 1929 that hadn't had a touchdown pass of greater than 10 yards, nine games into the season. And the Steelers were one of them before that George Pickens, 24 yard reception. Um, they, they hadn't had anything explosive on offense to show and uh this is definitely to me can we all please be in agreement that this is mike tomlin's first season under 500 uh yes i was one year too late but yes (laughs) yeah um but i'm I'm taking the colts i think that they figured out enough and they've got the the saturday thing uh, it's to me, it's a whole new take on the head coach. It's not the X's and O's. It's you let the offensive coordinators, the defensive coordinator, the special teams coordinator do the X's and O's. And the head coach is a dude that's there to manage the game and make sure his team's in the game and playing, paying attention. And Saturday seems to have had them doing that for at least the last two weeks. Fair enough. All right. Jayra, where are you going? I'm drinking the Kool-Aid too. I like the Colts minus three. It, 
once again, more has to do with the opponent, not them. I just think the Steelers are in this limbo where their defense is good, but I don't think Kenny Pickett's really the answer. Um, I respect him for taking chances. It seems like he's a guy that's not afraid to take shots down the field. I just don't think he has the skill. He's like, I think he like believes he's Patrick Mahomes when he throws the football because sometimes he'll try and fit some throws where it's like, if you had Herbert's arm or Mahomes arm, this would be great, but it's just not there. So I just think, I don't know, their, their offense is too hit or miss. The Colts defense is looking a lot better than what they have in the first six, seven, eight weeks of the season. Um, I don't think Jeff Saturday is necessarily the answer as to why they're playing better, but I think it's just a change of just mixing up everything, changing up everything has refreshed, yeah. revitalized the team. He's put more of an emphasis on getting Jonathan Taylor the ball. And since it's a field goal, I feel like they can own the clock. They can handle time of possession. And I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game, but I think the Colts can win by more in the field goal. So I'll take the Colts minus three. All right. Uh, bold strategy by you guys picking against me this, uh, this week. <laughs> it's, uh, hasn't worked out well for anybody so far. Um, all right. Did we go straight against uh, on, all, on all all of them? Uh, well, yeah, Sunday night, Monday night. Obviously, we have a little oh, different yeah, scenario this week with with Thursday. But yeah. Um, all right, going to our bonus picks, uh, J. Rob, I'll let you lead us off. What is your bonus pick for this week? Uh, since my team sucks and might as well just continue to hurt myself even more. Uh, I'm going to take the Broncos minus two and a half. When I saw that line, I was a little surprised. Like, I know Denver fucking sucks, but Carolina, I feel like, is on a whole nother level of bad. And I think they have more, I think they have more interest in getting worse than the Broncos do because the Broncos have no gain with losing this game. And so I think they want to get wins because Hackett wants to prove that he can, quote, hack it. And I think Russ is still trying to figure it out and they need everything they can to feel good about something on this team. So I like that they're getting, I thought they were going to get more. So the fact that a field goal can win them the game, I can see this yeah. being like a 12 to nine game, you know, nothing crazy, no touchdowns thrown. Um, It'd be what, like the fourth highest the reverse game of the, Broncos this yeah. year? The reverse <laughs> yeah. of the Colts game right there. Yeah, yeah they're exactly. averaging 14.7 points, and they'd only be averaging 13.5 points if they hadn't played the Raiders twice. Just throwing yeah. that out there, too. <laughs> oh, that just makes me feel so so warm inside. Um, the only thing that's literally <laughs> keeping me alive with this team, like the only thing I have left to live for is the most ridiculous but hilarious stat ever in that Russell Wilson has – hold on, I don't want to mess this up. Russell Wilson has seven touchdowns on the season and he has 12 bathrooms in his home. So the new game that we are playing this year is can Wait. Russ throw more touchdown passes than he has bathrooms in his home. So we got, we needs five touchdowns in the remaining of the season and he is currently trending to not hit the number. So how many shits does Sierra take? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Ru Russ only has seven Touchdown passes, seven touchdowns, right seven touchdown passes. Yep, that is. Oh yeah, you you jarring. thought it was bad. Yeah, you thought it was bad. It, it was. It's worse. Joe Flacco has five in three games. Yeah. Holy shit! It's not a good year bad. for the Wilsons. No, like, it is not. Jeff um, Wilson's the only like Wilson Bailey's, producing. Bailey Zappi has five in four games. <laughs> oh, it's it's bad, and he missed. What, Russell only missed one game, right? Or did he mm -hmm. play through that injury? No, he missed one. Yeah. Okay. Still. He, missed, he did he did miss one game. Yeah. So yeah. give him give him that. Um, um Dak has Dak has eight, but he's only played five games. So geez. yeah, that's a that's a fun one. Denver also <laughs> waived Melbourne um, today after not being able to hold on to the football. So that's kind of new newsworthy. Like Zach Wilson did in his post game press conference where he said, Oh, I didn't lose us the game with that fumble. Yeah. Um yeah. Good riddance to that, and I wish I think the Jets wish that they could do the same. Yeah. Um, one caveat to this: the running back, he would have been cut for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, no concern that the Carolina Panthers defense just shut down Lamar Jackson, held him to thirteen points, one touchdown in the fourth quarter. Dude, also, like I said I'm trying to double down on my own pain here. So, okay, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. 
this was also not a great showing for the uh, Nathaniel Hackett as CEO, not a play caller uh, move. At least his first attempt at that was about as bad as it can get when you don't have to worry about calling the offense anymore. Um, So, yeah. Uh, they bold. called a timeout when they were going to spike the ball <laughs> at the goal line. Like they had, an, they had two extra play or an extra play to try to lose the game, I guess, for the Broncos. When the Raiders are running up to the line it, with less than thirty seconds left, and Nathaniel Hackett, I just see him on the sideline talking to the ref, like he's like, "Okay, when they're ready to hike the ball, I'm going to call a timeout." I'm like, no, they're going to fucking spike it. So let them spike it. And it's second down. They only have second down and third down to try to win the game. And instead, he gives them a free play. It was. It's just he's been abysmal. They took a they took a timeout on second and twenty five too, um, and yeah. on defense they were on defense. Like what defense could you have had that was so miserable that you were going to get burned on a second and twenty five? I just this dude he needs to go. But, uh, you know, it's it's fun for the the pontificators that we are. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jira. Good luck with that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gonna, I, I know I'm going to regret it, but it's going to be it's going to be good. Uh, Toaster, what is your bonus pick this week? I'm going to ride the high on the Chargers. And really, that's riding the Cardinals. Um, card docs. Anybody that hasn't watched in season yet, um, obviously, we've got Buddha Baker who's fucking fun. He just got burned in this game right here against the 49ers. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but Colt McCoy is a true leader. Like I said, Kyler Murray's probably sitting at home playing call of duty right now. And no, he's in Mexico. Oh, he, he is in Mexico. Okay. He's there. Um, yeah. uh, but the chargers are only uh, spotting three and a half points and they played the chiefs tough. Um, we don't have to get into whether or not the Chiefs, you know, might have had a couple of offensive PIs on that last drive to to win the game. Um, it is what it is. But the Chargers look like a completely different team with Keenan Allen in the lineup right now. They didn't throw everything that we were talking about with Joe Lombardi, where he was just throwing dinks and dunks behind the line of scrimmage. I don't think I saw a single one of those. The screen passes were five yards down the field to Eckler. Like, it looks like a different offense right now. Um, unfortunate that Mike Williams got rolled up again. Uh, but I think that that offense is is humming much better than it was, and uh, we're looking at score thirty one ten right now. Forty ers with the ball in the fourth quarter. There, the Cardinals aren't able to stop anybody right now. So um, I'm taking three and a half, um, trying to again double up on the Chargers, uh, covering plus seven against the Chiefs last week. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, her the one thing that they've done well despite all of their problems so far. Herbert's taken about as few of sacks as anybody has in the NFL. And this game, he got sacked five times. Um, The Chiefs front got after him. I don't think that is a trend for that team. And if Keenan Allen's back, if they are starting to turn a corner a little bit, maybe he's getting a little, Herbert is getting a little bit healthier as well, week in, week out. Um, I, I agree with you that the Cardinals don't have a Travis Kelsey that is just going to torch them. They don't have a Patrick Mahomes who is going to make magic happen. Um, the fact that this is only three and a half is like really surprising to me actually. And and we're recording this during the Monday night game in Mexico where the Cardinals are getting shellacked and this line might move a little bit after this one. And yeah, just real quick aside on that one, as much as this pains me, I'm the biggest Gronk fan that there is. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end to ever play the game. It's he, the physicality that he has is, Gronk was a better blocker, like probably a more complete tight end, but what Travis Kelsey is able to do with and without the ball, um, his runs after the catch are just phenomenal. So uh, good luck stopping him in the playoffs if they're able to, get him the ball. And I mean, he was playing against throwing James. Like this isn't, yeah. this wasn't a, you know, slack division two team. He was going up against this was, this was for real. And he got three touchdowns for sure. Cream of the crop. No, yeah, that all right. Well, what are you thinking about the Trevor Simeons versus the Joe Flacco's? 
<laughs> so this one's interesting because we're recording this Monday. The Bears don't have to put out their first injury report until Wednesday. Um, I have a feeling that Justin Fields is going to play. So um, the initial prognosis um, going off of pro football doc here was that it looked like an AC joint sprain. And um, with that on his non-throwing shoulder with that, he could, you know, obviously wear like uh, a sling, but get game day injections for the pain. Um, The other issue that was sort of ailing him late in that game was um, he was having hamstring cramps. He had an IV for it after the game. I don't anticipate that being something that is going to linger with him. So as long as he can manage the pain of the shoulder, I think he'll be all right. There was a report from Ian Rappaport a few hours ago that he dislocated his shoulder. And then uh, Mike Florio refuted that like an hour later, saying that that is not the case. Um, So I'm going to believe that he is just it was just an AC joint sprain. Um, that will affect, I think, their offense, right? And the Jets have a very good defense. Um, but Getze was already going to have to, whether Justin Fields made it out of that game clean or not, was going to have to change what he was doing as a play caller. Like, beyond the fact that Justin Fields has 18 runs in this game, in a game where he had said all week that his legs were tired that he was clearly having hamstring issues. He was getting worked on the sidelines constantly. You ran him the first play of the final drive, like a QB run, and he clearly didn't have it. Like, it was just, it was a disaster. And then ran him twice more after that, too. Well, right? well I think one was a broken play. but Yeah, the, the next one was a broken play. Apparently... It was supposed to be a draw play. David Montgomery didn't know what was happening, so Fields just took it and ran. It was a draw play. It just oh, didn't yeah, go to the, the quarterback. quarterback. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the quarterback. Um, and then, you know, obviously he he throws the ball, goes off Montgomery's hands, and it intercepted to end the game, essentially, after that. I think this is going to be a really interesting situation for the Bears where they're going to have to decide, you know, we want to be this tough team, and blah, 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 blah. Justin's a leader. Justin's obviously known for playing through pain. It was like, you know, the broken ribs against Clemson, all that shit. He's going to want to play if he is able to play. How much do the Bears save him from himself and steer into the tank at this point? Because they have the number three overall pick right now. Um, the Panthers are a team that is ahead of them. I think it wouldn't surprise me if you know, the Panthers maybe play a couple games, win a couple games. The Bears schedule is brutal the rest of the way. They still don't have a bye week for another two weeks after this one. It's just nuts. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears just sat him, right, and said, like, you'll come back after the the bye week and we'll figure this out. That said, part of me really does think he still plays, but he will be less effective. And unless Getze makes some adjustments, which he didn't look like he could in this this game, um, the Jets defense is fucking good. I'm on the Jets minus four and a half in this one, and it might be a seven to nothing game or a ten to three game. And this seven by the Jets is like Garrett Wilson just like houses one for 80 yards that was thrown at the line of scrimmage or something. Because as much as this is such a good get right opportunity for Zach Wilson, I, I just don't I don't trust him. As much as I don't yeah. trust the Bears' defense, I do not trust Zach Wilson to be able to take advantage of any of their deficiencies. So um, I think this is going to be a really bad one. In fact, what is the total on this zombie? I think it's 36 again. Oh, man. oh no. Sorry. It's 41 and a half. Dang. I was that looking is, at the Broncos game. Um, that is a lot 36. higher than I thought. This line did shift up to five and a half at one point and is now back at four and a half, which makes me think that there probably is some confidence that Justin Fields will end up playing in this one. But um, if that's the case, I would feel a little bit better about taking the bears here. But ultimately I think the jets defense is just too good. And if your offense is going to be limited and Getsy hasn't shown an ability now to, you know, throw a change up when the QB running game can't save him, then um, I'm, 
gonna get the Jets back in the win column here, and it might be the worst thing for them ultimately <laughs> long term in this season. So I've got the Jets minus four and a half. And again, I haven't been able to pick the Bears game to save my fucking life this year. So the Bears might win this one by like twenty for all I know. I'm I'm with I'm with you on that this one. That defense is just too fucking strong. Yeah. And uh if it is if Fields is back there, obviously we know he has a propensity for hanging on to it maybe a little bit too long. Yeah. What they're able to do to Mac Jones and how quickly they were able to get there. Uh, maybe Jones or maybe Fields can spin out of it and make something with it, but uh, it, it's going to be a tough day for him offensively, I think. Totally. All right. So just to recap here, I am on the Bills minus nine, the Eagles minus seven, the Steelers plus three, and the Jets minus four and a half. Um, J-Rob has the Cowboys minus nine, the Packers plus seven, the Colts minus three, and the Broncos minus two and a half. Way to, way to ride, J-Rob. Oh, dude. And, and Toaster's got the Pats plus three uh, at a game he's going to be at, so I'm interested to see how that one goes. The Packers plus seven, and, sorry, uh, not and. Uh, the Colts minus three and then the Chargers minus three and a half, which I think is a fucking steal if you can get that right now. Um, any last points we want to touch on before we get out of here? I'm just going to go with my crazy lines of the week real quick. Um, Ravens are only minus four against the Jags, which is insane to me, even though the Jags are actually above. Uh, let me pull it up here real quick. The Jags are above the Raiders, Browns, Broncos in playoff position currently. Um, didn't see that one coming at the beginning of the year. Um, and then how sad is this? The Chiefs are minus 14 and a half over two touchdowns against the defending Super Bowl Rams. That is like This wild. is the matchup that they were hoping for last year was a Rams- Chiefs Super Bowl and Bengals snuck in, got it done, and now it's a two touchdown differential uh, between these two teams. And the Rams look absolutely abysmal. God damn, that is wild, dude. Uh, I also just want to call out that Colt McCoy has officially been pulled from this thirty-eight to ten game. Sorely. Trace McSorley's in, so that's how it's going for the Cardinals right now. Again, I we, expect this. We, we all, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, call it for it's done because we fucked that up before on Monday night. But I think we all had 49ers plus eight, right? Yeah. Or minus eight. Minus okay. eight. Yeah. I think that one's safe. Yeah. <laughs> so trust us against the Cardinals. I think that's what I'm saying for my picks next week. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, all right. Um, well, with that, we will get out of here then. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, um, you know, reach out to us on Twitter if you want to talk shit about our picks, especially mine. And Twitter's uh, still thing? Uh, yeah, barely. Well, at least it is for all the, the conservative trolls and bots. Okay. So, um, cool. Elon Musk is tweeting out some like weird ass memes about Jesus fucking somebody in the ass and Jesus is Donald Trump and the person is Twitter. It's, I don't know. Um, it, yeah. Is Russell Wilson running his, uh, his <laughs> social media? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know anything about riding nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but we will get out of here. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Week 12 is coming up. Sad, sad, sad. Um, hopefully Justin Fields plays so I have a reason to actually watch the Bears game this week. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, have a good one, and we will catch you later.